Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can help the show financially by going to the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com website and clicking on either the Amazon.com or Fanatics.com banners to the right before shopping online. Now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! Orr fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson. Back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for episode 75 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast in partnership with Grandstand Sports Network, the best view in sports. Um, we are minus one today. Um, Rob Tomlin, uh, a very good host, is um, is away busy today, so I couldn't make it, but we do have uh, the awesome Court Lalonde, and he's on travel. Tra- uh, Court, welcome. Hey, well, uh, thank you. Thanks for, uh, you know. Being here all the time, yeah, yeah, <laughs> almost, almost at a year now, right? Isn't that's awesome? It's it's gone by so fast, and uh, you know, always appreciate every time you can make it on. Um, where where are you uh, where are you calling from today? Oh, I'm I'm an hour away from my house. I'm uh, at a work conference. I'm in beautiful Scarborough, Ontario. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's that's sarcasm, folks. Yeah, I know because uh, I listen to uh, Dangle, Steve Dangle podcast, and they always they always knock the Scarborough area. Yes, it it deserves to be knocked. Oh <laughs> uh, well, um, let's just get let's just get going and 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 just say that these uh, these Boston Bruins have um, have really come alive, and and what a great time to see this team um, come. And come alive. I mean, they're coming, becoming healthy. Uh, 
you can see changes in, in attitudes and play. Um, the to start the week off on Monday it wasn't wasn't a very good showing against the Nashville Predators. Um, and uh, Anton Hudobin got the start in that one. And, and the pull. Yeah, and the pull. Uh, that was a tough one to watch. Um, I really can't blame a ton on him. Nope. I'm not going to knock him much at all. I mean, a few mental mistakes, but a lot of the a lot of that game really happened in front of him. Yeah, like my as I always say, um, the goalie's job is to make the first save. Um, I, I'm not a fan of Hudobin's rebound control, so uh, it doesn't help when uh, the team decided to just not show up defensively in front of him. So when those big, huge, juicy rebounds came out, Nashville pounced. Yeah, and that that's a definite game that you look at and you and you think about all the all the crap that has been said about the goaltending controversy, air quotes. And um, you know, the team plays better in front of Hudobin than they do with Rass. So I mean that this is just a good, you know stepping stone to say it happens to all goaltenders. It doesn't matter who they're playing for or who they don't. So it's also letting everybody know like, you know, who Dobin kind of said it himself, you know, even though he had the rest, he wasn't used to the workload that he just had. Yeah. I mean, pretty much being a career backup. I mean, that's, that's what you're going to expect. Um, but especially yeah. goaltending is all mindset, right? So yeah. Um, preparing yourself. It, 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 but the good news is, um, Tuka Rask, I, I'm not going to say he's back. I'm going to say he never left because that's just the way I feel. And, uh, you know, 0.96 save percentage, four wins, one goal against, one, one goal against average, and a shutout. Um, yeah, pretty sure we can just tell the Tuca haters to shut up for now. Yeah. Yeah. But we know as soon as he loses his, his, a game, they're going to be all over it going, see, I told you so. Because as I always say, they're secret Hab fans and they just like watching the world burn. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> That's just, I, I, you know, yeah, I, I, I know, I, I know. I cheer for every guy in the team. I, I just don't get it. It right. is what it is. But no, he's he's definitely been playing well. I'm not saying uh, yeah, like you. I'm just gonna follow up on what you're talking about. Is he's, he's you know, it, we're going game by game with him, and from so on in the last five games, um, we've Four. seen. Well, yeah, since plus, the benching, since the benching, yeah. Um. So we've definitely seen uh, positive steps and, and definitely hope it keeps going. And uh, the game uh, against the Coyotes on Thursday was uh, – it's the Coyotes. We get it. It's I mean, their bottom-tier team. But um, to play like that and then come in to uh, play the Islanders at home. And, and the Islanders have been a surprising team this, this season. And Tuka uh, played amazing against the Islanders. He did too. Uh, it was tough to give up that one goal, but um, bad bounces happen. Yep. And but the good news is, as we all know, as being Bruins fans and watching Tuca, is and it's, and it's this with with a lot of goalies. Um, it's how they bounce back from those giving up those goals per se. Um, and he's, his attitude seems to be changed. Um, just his demeanor, the way he's standing in his crease, and the way he's covering his angles. He's um, he looks to me like the old Tuca. That's just the way I'm looking at it. He, he's he's looking poised. He's not looking frustrated right away. So we'll see. So after after a, uh, a three game week, 
Uh, the Bruins sit after 27 games played. They're in third place in the Atlanta division with a 14-9-4 record, 32 points. Um, they are an impressive 9-4-2 at home and a, uh, a 500 record on the road at 5-5-2. Eight two and zero in their last ten games. Yeah, I was just looking at that stat. That's 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 huge. And and like we start, like when you started the show off, it, it's this is a good time to to have that um, those ten game that ten game record going into the end of the year and the holidays and so on. And it, it's just you're rolling. I mean, people are coming back, so I mean, it, it's just going to be positive from here on out. I hope. Conveniently, um, they're winning when they're healthy. God, who I. I don't know. I, who would ever thought that? Yeah. Oh, can we also say Vive Labacus? Like, wow. Yeah. His leadership and what he's doing on that ice is unbelievable. And that was a bullshit call. Yeah. Oops. There goes the swear jar. That's all right. Yeah, that s- was a terrible, terrible call. Like, terrible. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. I didn't get it the wasn't whole like it was head any intention. Thing. Yeah, there was no intention there at all to headbutt. Right. I, I just, I've never seen that from him. He's a tough player, but he's not that type of player. Um, you know, and geez, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but wow, Marchand skated by that one. <laughs> a lot of people are saying it's an okay hit, but when it's Brad Marchand, I'm just like, oof. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll hit on that later on. I'm marking that down because it's been a real busy weekend for me, but I'll get into that mm-hmm. shortly after the um, upcoming schedule, which is a good uh, after Saturday's win, uh, big win against the New York Islanders, that they have a three-day rest. Jake uh, DeBrusque. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, right. And um, Matt Barzell, who going going into the week, we have um, we're on the road, which, uh, like I said, we have a five five and two record on the road. But it's against Detroit, and Detroit's kind of that Jekyll and Hyde team. Uh, they have been playing somewhat decent lately, um, but still way out of the playoff picture, and even even the uh, wild card. So hopefully the Bruins uh, show up to the new. Um, is it Little Caesars Arena? Yeah, it is. It's a it's a beautiful rink. I'm, I, I'm gonna go. I'm going to a game in uh, in January. Uh, Bruins Red Wings. Oh, great! I mean, you are definitely we're definitely gonna have to talk about your experience there in the new in the new building. So, well, from the pictures I've seen, so the you walk inside the building and then inside it's TVs all the way around before you even walk into the rink. So, like, even if you're not going to the game, you can still go inside the arena. Just like at the the Bruins, you can technically go on the concourse there. Yep. Um. And they have TVs around. They televise the games. The, the Toronto Maple Leafs do this, sort of the same thing, except the the TVs on the outside of the building. That's awesome. Uh, and the it doesn't get much better after the um, the the Red Wings game on Wednesday when you have a back to back. So it's going to be tough on. I, I believe you got to give uh, Hudobin the nod against the uh, Red Wings on Wednesday, and then. I- and then Rask on um, against Washington the next night on Thursday at home. I would I would a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, and then uh, the New York Rangers come to town on Saturday night to end the uh, the week game. So that's gonna be another entertaining game, and that's a five o'clock p.m. start. So perfect for the drinkers out there that love to weird weird starts. Yeah, yeah. Not for me. I'm going to a Christmas party. I'm. I've had the worst luck in catching games this week. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I went to a concert on Saturday night, missed yeah. the Good Islanders game. How uh, was that, I, by the way? I watched it on my phone. 
Yeah. <laughs> As... And then I would come in and out every now and then, but then the concert was it was uh, very good. So nice. I I'm not gonna not gonna lie. I stopped checking the scores. There you go. Yeah, it's downtime. You got to do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, like you touched on, um, the the Matt Barzell and and Jake DeBrus comparisons, uh, are just uh, way off. Um, I I don't understand why people just can't grasp that or get a grasp that um the Bruins selected Jake DeBrusque in the first round of the 2015 um draft draft and they passed on somebody else that might might be a little better oh I I, I I'll say this over and over again you can go back in any draft that's like saying every team passed on Datsuk when he went what 117th overall yes come on now right you can do this over and over again Eric Carlson everybody passed on him but then the writer were in question that keeps pushing this like it's his uh his new clickbait job um he he's like well you know they, they he was rated high well that's great there's a lot of guys Alexander Digg was rated one of the best players in the world he went first overall he was terrible yep. in the NHL. Patrick Stefan, first overall, terrible yep. in the NHL. So I'm sorry. The, the scouting staff, I think they're assembling a fantastic team. They've stole players um, in the draft, like Trent Frederick. So you know what? Give them a break. Andrews Bjork, like you should be happy instead of going back. And uh, I know um, anger pretty much sells. You could write an article saying Tukarask is playing amazing. And you'll probably get 200 views, but you write Tuka Rask sucks and you're going to get a thousand people wanting to watch to read that article. So it right. is what it is. But yeah, I don't disagree with you. It just makes no sense. They're all like, well, they picked off what they picked Jakob Zorro, uh, Seneshin, and uh, Jake DeBras. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I, I love, I, I like watching Matt Brazel play this season. I mean, he's, he definitely has some talent, but, and he's putting points up. There's there's no there's no doubt about that. But I took him in our draft. Yeah, he's like the, the only guy I have on my team now after all the injuries. <laughs> and the but the 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 thing about that is and touching on what you mentioned earlier is is the Bruins are drafting, but they're drafting for needs. And I believe that they mm-hmm. saw in Jake DeBrusque was the type of Bruins player that he could potentially be. And not saying that Barzell couldn't be, but right now in an Islanders uniform, I don't see a Bruins type of player that he's playing on the, on the island, and that's because that's their system. So it's not even that; it's the death, death chart, right? Yeah, it's he. They probably looked at her. They got Krejci. They got Bergeron. Is he really going to develop in their system, or is he just going to be sitting down in the Providence Bruins? Right. Because putting him at third line center, you know. It's just not working. It wouldn't work out for him. His development wouldn't be the same. He wouldn't be wouldn't be getting the same points. Maybe we could throw him on wing, but you could, like I said, you could do that about anybody putting anybody anywhere. Look at Matt Duchesne scores goals, goes to Ottawa. Nope. Yeah, is what it is. I'm I'm sorry. Let 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 the scouts um pick who they're playing, and uh, you know I know it's his job to uh, bring it up and and say that it was a stupid move, but. Let these kids develop first before you say it. It's just my opinion. I, I just I hate I hate going back and drafts and saying we should have dra- drafted this guy, we should have drafted that guy. Yeah, it makes it, no sense. I'm just... It just gets you nowhere, actually. Um, yeah, look at the Oilers. They took uh, PRV. That was uh, that was terrible. Yeah, and is but... he is he playing on the NHL roster right now? 
No, and, and the Oilers for, for years, I think they should have been drafting by need. So many defensemen they've passed up on, but it is what it is. Yeah. But speaking you can get of. on any team about it. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Uh, speaking of the youth, um, and before I go any further, because I, I tend to forget a lot, um, I, I had an amazing experience uh, last week. Um, I was granted access to the Providence Bruins to uh, hang out um from the organization to uh and report on them so i will be uh probably visiting providence a lot lately a lot in the next uh upcoming games uh, at least once a weekend that's what i'm trying to schedule right now and and i went to the game yesterday it was a three o'clock game against the utica devils and met the uh some ceos and some uh, pr guys uh, very nice people, class act for letting me do what I'm, what I, what I'd like to do, and um, with the intentions of uh, of writing about them and and their progression throughout the rest of the season. So, um, but also I I have to um, I have to mention uh, some people that really helped out too, and those are uh, the, uh, some members of the Providence Bruins fan club, in particular uh, Rhonda, Jenna, and Steve Labush. Um, those guys uh, opened their arms to and me. Gals. Yep, and girls um, opened their arms and and brought me in and showed me around and and uh, it was a really good time and I was really glad that I made the trip down. It was a long day. I I left at nine thirty in the morning and traveled down to Providence and didn't get home till like ten at night. So it was a long day, but it was just so worth it. Um, and I can't wait to do it again. It just sucks that. The baby bees are on a nine-game road stand, so they're not going back to the to the Duncan Providence until January fifth. So I'm gonna, Whoa. yeah, I'm gonna plan on being there for that one. So, uh, but also, that's good hockey. Yeah, 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 it was very good hockey. They could beat the Coyotes, <laughs> probably. Uh, but also, I have to mention some other people that were gracious, and they, once they found out that I was going to be in the building, they really opened their arms and and. And uh, welcomed me in. Um, uh, two great people, uh, uh, Steve and Gary. They um, operate the uh, something brewing, in, something brewing in Providence um, Facebook page. But they also have a podcast, and it's uh, on Twitter at Bruin and PVD Pod. Those guys are really nice. They do a good job. They cover everything Providence Bruins. So I'd have to give them a shout out. And if you really want to gravitate to only Providence Bruins, definitely um, subscribe to their podcast. Uh, they do an awesome job and just getting better. I believe uh, this past week they got 10 episodes in and every episode it seems like they're stepping their game up. So definitely subscribe and uh, give them a rating. Also, I have to mention some other people that I uh, met there. It was uh, Rhonda McClure. She made the trip. I was fortunate to sit down with her for a little while and even got to ride home on the train with her. So we had a fantastic discussion, uh, mostly hockey, to pass the time by. So, Rhonda, thank you very much for that. She's our Bruins insider. Yeah, she is. She's awesome. Um, we, we Every time I get together with her, she just it blows my mind with the stuff she does on a regular basis as her job and as a writer um, covering the Bruins for the com and uh, she's a fantastic person, so I look forward to uh, some Sunday trips uh, with her um, in the uh, upcoming new year and uh, t- 
towards the uh, call of the cup playoffs if the uh, ver- uh, baby bees uh, do incline to do so. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they'll make the playoffs. I'm thinking so too. Just by just, just by shot the, in the dark, just a shot in the dark. Just by the trend that's been going on the past three seasons, they seem and 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 it's got to do with the the um, the injuries at the NHL level too. They deplete their their rosters to to you know facilitate the NHL. So they they're having a tough time, but it just seems like when players come back down, right around this time December, they start to pick it up every year and then make a run. So I mean, well, with the team being healthy, this is probably the team they're going to have. Like uh, Augustino scored that beautiful oh, overtime goal. That was nasty. But once again, I really doubt he's going to be coming back to the NHL anytime soon. With just the way Dan Heinen is a lock for the Boston Bruins now. Um, and just where where would you put Agostino even if you brought him up? I just he, he's not going to be a fourth liner, and that third line, whew. yeah, it's it's gelling. Yeah, you just can't break it up. It's played too can't. well. Um, but speaking of injuries, um, let's go to the injury board on the CBSSports.com list. Uh, Adam McQuaid uh, has uh, played did a fir- full practice today, correct, and is expected to possibly get in one of these three games this week which is um which would be a huge addition so um, the bruins get injured but for some reason certain players backus and mcquade like i don't know that we do we they get injured so much but do we have the best doctors in the world or something because these guys are able to come back right because i didn't think mcquade was gonna be back until at least the new year i didn't either not with a broken fibula mm-hmm. that's for sure um, but hey you know if backus can play with half a colon <laughs> right. Uh Nolachari is uh listed as an upper body and uh, that kind of surprised me when I saw that today uh because um I thought it was just a rotation thing to get Frank Vetrano involved but apparently well I'm anytime I see upper body now all I think is concussion. Yeah. Well, that's true. Austin Matthews in Toronto has got an upper body injury. Yeah, it's a concussion people. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Spooner is an upper body injury. That and Peter Collette. All right, now I, all right. I have I to have... say this guy's name correctly because Rhonda has been on my case and somebody else on Twitter too. So, so they should. Yeah, I know. It's Solaric. Solaric. Yeah. See, I thought it was Coleric because I always went by what I, you said. I did too. I just, I just used the C and just rolled with it. But it, it's Solaric, and I promise. So, I, if you I ever get a chance to interview him. Say his name and then explain why you had to say it the way you said it. I will remember that. <laughs> oh yeah, and and speaking of my 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 uh, my trip in Providence, I I was lucky enough to have um, uh, dinner uh, five feet away from injured Providence Bruins players uh, Jakob Zborl and uh, Emil Johansson, which was pretty cool. But I'm a classy guy. I like to think so anyway. I did not go over and bother him. I just was like, you know, hey, I can't believe that Jacques Borrell and Emilio Hansen are five feet away from me, and that was really cool. So I gave Rhonda a big hug for that because she made my day, and then just let him eat the meal and enjoy the time off. So I, I, I just know people that would just, like, gaw over that and just go over and interrupt them, you know what I mean? Hey, I, it is what it is. Some people like it. Hey, I, I've met players that uh, are shocked that people don't come say hi to them. Really? And then I, I, yeah, well, you know, it, it, it's a different type of person, right? It, yeah. It, I was always brought up that I'm not allowed unless I'm introduced, but uh, 
I know guys that'll if you talk to them, they're like, yeah, come up, say hi. It is what it is. Depends on the person, right? Some guys are more personal than others. Right. I could see Brandon Carlo as a guy who would would have no problem with you saying hello. Just the way he portrays himself in the media and the way he talks. It's just different person, different folks. I could see Patrice Bergeron being a very personal guy. Oh yeah. I would definitely not uh, go out of my way. He's a great guy. I'm not saying anything that. I'm just saying, you know, the guy's a very personal guy. He needs his space. Um, speaking of up and personal, man, you're good and good, good at these segues. I really like this. There you go. Woohoo. Um, <laughs> Matt Bolesky got a little up and personal with a puck in the face today and was escorted off the ice on his own will. And I don't want to use this as a segue uh, to talk about his injury or potential injury, but um, this, this, the, the, the talk to AHL, the Bolesky talk to sitting him down to waving him, doing whatever is picking up, but also other players that are also being talked about are, are, are Ryan Spooner and Frank Petrano, because, um, as this team gets healthier and healthier, people need to be moved around and. We, we, right now, right what, now, Nash is too good on the third line, so I don't know where you put Spooner in. Yeah, but I mean, with trade deadline coming around, you want players that I mean, if you want Spooner, if he's going to be one of those types of players that has a, a value, you got to play him before you can trade him. Nobody's going to want a guy that's uh, sitting up on the ninth floor every, you know, what six games he gets in. You never know. Some people might want to take the the project on. It's it's sad to say, but you know, um, he's looking like a take what you can get for him. And and I can guarantee you, he he plays in a different system. Um, He's going to be well. He's a good hockey player. Yeah. It's just he's having a tough time in Boston, and it's probably getting to him emotionally and and mentally, and it's affecting his play. It's just like Matt Bolesky, like uh, when he came out on Twitter and was like, you know, I do care. Yeah. I am trying. Um, You can tell that these. The uh, the fans, they don't think the players see it, but the players definitely see it when we dump on them constantly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's why I always say, don't dump on them. You're human beings, for God's sakes. Like, yeah. seriously, think about what you say sometimes, people. Yeah. And um, it's just, I don't know, it's just tough when it comes down to when, when you think about, like, for instance, I'm going to use um, – Malcolm Subban is a is a perfect example. I mean, he he had it tough. He got ripped in Boston and in Providence. I mean, there were some people out there that loved him in Providence. There were some people out there that absolutely hated him because of his game. And you know, he had an accident. He had a shot to the throat, which might have affected him. But look at him now as a professional in the top level in the whole world, and he's and he's lighting it up. So yeah, I, he lost the starting job, but that's only solely based on. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury, yeah, coming back. That's all. Yeah. Otherwise, yes, he's played great. It's just, it's one of those things again, you know. And and now Boston fans are like, oh, I see, I was right. No, you weren't right. You <laughs> probably were the same person who said he was a bag of crap. So right. But you gotta the... let, gotta give these kids time. But Boston's a hard place to play. That's it's just like um, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I live in Toronto, and uh, Drew Doughty said this summer he would not play for the Leafs. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. The Leafs will not be on his team as one of them play. His parent, he, he grew up in Toronto. He, he was a fan of the Leafs growing up, but he wouldn't want to have to deal with the pressure. Yeah. No, that's that's tough. And it's it's no different in Boston. I mean, no, it's like, the same. Like, that's right. what I'm saying. 
And and if if Bolesky happens to be traded at the deadline or or bought out, a player like that is going to definitely step up with this new franchise and and have something to prove. A la Jimmy Hayes. Right. You know, it, it happens. People move on, and it just it is what it is. When you get beat all the time, and I'm I'm not I've given Bolesky his fair share. I'm not going to say I haven't, but you know. He, He's there's always another opportunity for a player elsewhere to rejuvenate a career and and prove to a team that or or a fan base that might have shit on him for a long period of time that he can still play in this league and be an effective player. The problem was he was brought in here and right away management never said it, but everybody else was like, "Oh, he's here to replace Lucic." Well, that's a tough tough thing to do. Yeah, and and, and they're not here to replace other players; they're here to play. Right. And not, I mean, even Milan Lucic in, in, in Edmonton with all that talent surrounding him, I don't think he's having a great year. I think he's terrible. No. Edmonton's having a tough time. Lucic is not playing very well. Right. The whole uh, team isn't playing well. They outshot the Leafs. Ridiculous <laughs> last night, and they couldn't even win the game. Backup goalie. And it wasn't for lack of trying. They hit four posts. I watched the game. It was. I felt bad. McDavid had a beautiful breakaway. Anyways, this is not a Edmonton Oilers podcast. Right. Um, but we do have to get back and, and the Marshan hit, we're going to talk about that against John Travaras and obviously Johnny, uh, Johnny T is a, um, face of the NHL and, and it seemed like Marshan was going in to get like a, a, at shoulder height. This is what, just what I'm, I saw, but Tavares got his head a little low and uh, made contact and kind of went down like a bag of potatoes. But um, I thought he embellished the fall, but I think Tavares saw him at the last minute and got out of the way and embellished the fall because the fall looked weird. But did Marshan know exactly what he was doing? 100%. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. Did he get suspended? No, because they probably looked at the replay because I looked at it a couple times. Tavares saw him at the last second, tried to get out of the way, still got clipped, but it was a coin toss whether the NHL was going to suspend him or not. That's the way I looked at it. Yeah, and just, just, and I just, like you're saying, just the way that Marshan's been lately and, and, and the edge he plays on, it's so, I mean, you could literally, you know, take any hit and, and kind of uh, scale it up a little bit just because it's got, uh, uh, the nose face killer's name on the back of his jersey. Oh, for sure. But he's played. He he's been more disciplined this year. But he knew exactly what he was doing. I'm sorry. It wasn't like he didn't know. He still went in for it. I was surprised he didn't get at least a game or a fine. That's the way right. I look at it. Um. Uh, talk about some uh, some Bruins prospects that are heading to the. 2018 World Junior Championships uh, that are set to uh, take place in Buffalo, New York, uh, starting on Canadian Boxing Day to the 5th of January, I believe. Um, and just going through um, the list that was provided by uh, BostonBruins.com and NHL.com, uh, Team USA is uh, invited. Well, they made the preliminary roster is Trent Frederick from the University of Wisconsin. Uh, I think he'll make the team. I do too. 
I know for a fact defenseman Ryan Lindgren from University of Minnesota is going to make it. That kid is just a tank. Yep. Um, and it's sad to say, he would be a movable prospect piece because he will eventually be the odd man out. Right. Just the way I'm looking at the death chart because – keep going, sorry. No uh, problem. Um, Jeremy Swayman, goaltender from the University of Maine who was just nominated for um, – uh, goalie of the week and in, in hockey east who none of us knew when they picked him and we're like who is this guy right and <laughs> um def- please stay on board this show because after my prospect uh update my weekly prospect update i'm gonna have on um drew john drew. drew johnson from the hockey writers he covers the bruins with the uh, that fa- fantastic team over at that website so he's going to talk more about swayman and his 95 save effort and um, completely blew out Quinnipiac University. Uh, not blew out, but uh, you got both wins on Friday and Saturday night. So we'll talk to Drew later on. Please stay tuned for that. But uh, Team Finland, uh, Euro Vakaninen, he's uh, in. And I don't know really too much on him because I cannot see any of these games. I've tried so hard, but I, I just can't look on eliteprospects.com and see he's got three assists and they'd be like, you know, this guy's a great player. I, I really wish I had more opportunity to, to, um, to watch. But uh, I will definitely try to get somebody on that has been watching and, and it has a little inside, you know, stuff on him. So, and any of these uh, European players, by the way. Um, forward Oscar Steen uh, for Team Sweden. And that's it. As I said to you earlier, nobody on Team Canada. We just don't have anybody. You know what? And and I'm going to bring something up that's a little off the agenda, but a lot of people are really pissed off that Jack Stanika did not make the team. And I am one of them. Right. I I think that Jack is is a, a great player, great prospect, and he's I mean second round pick in uh in 2017. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a good player, but. It, a lot of people just, just are really ripping him and his talent because he didn't make that team. They shouldn't. I'll tell you one thing about Hockey Canada. They pick by position. They pick a team. They don't pick the best player available. Right. Plain and simple. Yeah. So if he his skill set, if they already had one of the guys, one of their veterans that they thought was already going to be there, and that's the same skill set, he's not going to make the team. It's not even a point in inviting him. It's just like uh, Senechin, who just couldn't crack the lineup back in the day. But his skill set... The skill set just didn't fit. Right. And it does not make them a bad player. And it does not set the tone for their projections later on, either in the AHL or the NHL. Not at all. I, I really do not like when people have to reach out to me and say, why? And Did people realize Brad Marchand only made Team Canada in the World Juniors because Matt Bolesky got hurt? Yeah. It's the only reason he ever got to play on that team and win a gold medal. Matt Bolesky got hurt. Yeah, and at that time, Matt Bolesky was playing for the Belleville Bulls, I believe. Yep. So I believe you're right. But it, that's what I'm saying. It's A lot of good players don't get to play on Team Canada. It doesn't guarantee you because you're the best player in the league. That's just the way they are when they do the World Juniors. You can look at their rosters. There's been a lot of high draft picks that never even got to play for Team Canada. For sure. 
Uh, and here's another one that really bothers me too, and and it's just because of the fact is that we are in the youth movement. It is what it is. This is the turnstile of the Boston Bruins. It's going to be like this for the next two or three years. But the the Anders Bjork hate and and will everybody's willing to just drop him and say bring him to the AHL. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. Really? Yeah, I have. Oh. It's it's ridiculous. Um, I watch every. AHL Providence Bruins game religiously, and I have for the past three or four seasons. Um, that's not here or less, but there's nobody down there right now that is screaming to come up and 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 take his position over. And if there was, it would have already happen. But as you're gonna, you have to get used to this because the, with all these prospects that are knocking on the door of the NHL. That people are going to be get injured. People are going to have slumps. It it is what it is. So, whether it be Bjork this year or JFK next year, which I'm sure if he has a slump, they'll bitch about him and and how he was picked wrongly in the second round. It just relax. I mean, take it for what it is. He's learning. This is his first year. I I don't want to see him in the AHL right now. No, there's no need for it, and it just. It's just like with Heinen last year. Remember, Heinen made the club out of the gate. Everybody wanted him back down in the minors, and he went down in the minors. Just let the kid play. He also hasn't even got to the whole position they wanted him to play was on that top line, and he hasn't really had a chance yet just because of all the injuries. Let it all work out, and everything will be fine. People can stop being armchair GMs because you know who knows better, the coach. Yeah. So until Cassidy says, I want to send him down, if Cassidy says he needs to send him down, he needs to send him down the only person I'm going to listen to. Absolutely. And then this is an off Bruins topic, but you, you, I just, I got to bring it up because I love Jesse. Jesse's the man. Um, and he, when he wants something, man, boy, he, he really wants it. Um, what's going on in Ottawa? I mean, they, they are literally asking everybody that has a no trade to waive it. So they just just to put some thought process in the back. Ottawa Senators do this every single year with all their unrestricted free agents. They ask them all. So today Carlson did submit his ten teams he was not willing to go to. I still don't think Carlson's going anywhere out of Ottawa. They're going to try and work out keep him in Ottawa. He's already made it clear that he wants to stay in Ottawa. He's just not going to take a discount. I could see their newly acquired Matt Duchesne getting moved. I can see them moving salary because they brought in Duchesne when I thought at the time they needed defense, and they brought in offense, which made no sense to me. So he could be a movable piece even though they just acquired him. They're going to have to move salary to bring him in. That was the whole reason they traded Kyle Turris because they told him they weren't going to be able to re-sign him because their focus will be on Carlson. I know everybody's saying all day today, people are like, oh, bring in Carlson. But you know what I'm going to say? Look at our cap. Yeah. It would make no sense. We would have to give up. There's no way in the world that the Ottawa Senators would even have a conversation with Sweeney unless the conversation started with Pasternak or McAvoy. I understand Carlson's one of the best defensemen ever, but it's just it's not going to happen. You're not going to give away your future just to win a couple games now because I'd rather win in the long term and over a long period of time than win only you know in the next couple of years. It just makes no sense to me. We're doing so well right now. I just no trade unless it's a contract that is expiring, just like the Drew Stafford deal. Right. I just Wayne Simmons. I don't even want him. 
It just doesn't make any sense to me right now. Why sacrifice all these guys that we have and start trading away guys before you've even seen them play in the NHL? Everybody's trade Jacobs Borrell, trade trade all these guys. Have you even seen them play in the NHL yet? Right. Or have you seen them play in the AHL? Yeah, it's just just my opinion. I just don't get it. But, you know, Jesse's a very smart guy. There's a lot of things I'm wrong on, and I could be dead wrong on this. Oh, yeah. Like Carlson, yeah. Carlson would be amazing on the Boston Bruins. Oh, absolutely. Just, I'm absolutely. not giving up Pasternak or McAvoy. And it's and, and I I love the conversations with him because it's not it's not about what when he says something it's it's a right or wrong thing, it's it's you know it it, it more it to me it intrigues me to figure out where it's gonna work and where it wouldn't work you know what I mean and 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 right there bam it is my first my first area to to look at is the is the salary cap and and how much a player like Carlson could possibly make i mean 10 million yeah i mean there's even there's even there's even a lot of people in in um like sports net and and um what's the other big one tsn tsn saying that he could easily get up to at least 12 yeah it's depending on the market like he could go anywhere between 10 and 12 million dollars oh. the ottawa senators will have to trade some pieces to keep that guy and yeah because <laughs> I mean, even though the cap's going up another three to four million, hovering right around the 80, 80 million mark within the next year, I, I that's that's still a lot of work to do to um, yeah. to facilitate a move like that. And with the Bruins, everybody's like, "Oh, bring them in or bring in Wayne Simmons, bring in this," because we're gonna have these cap spaces. And I'm like, "Come on, guys! In two years, you've got to re-sign Heinen, McAvoy, and Carlo." Yeah, like they're not gonna be cheap. Like you know. If Heinen keeps up his pace and he's playing, he could be four million dollars a year. Oh yeah, Carlo. Carlo could be easy four million dollars a year. Someone told me today he's not worth four million dollars, but it, it, it all is all about the market and what it dictates. Yeah. Um, it it's all about what what salaries are going on then. No one would have thought that uh, McQuaid or Kevin uh, Kevin Miller was going to get the contract they got. Yeah, and when it comes down to contracts like this and like I was watching um Zane McIntyre get the start on Friday and Saturday and Sunday when I was there um I mean he's pretty much got like a depleted team in front of him so um things aren't working the way they were last season and he he has some times of struggles but he's also a player that could easily move into that backup role at a cap friendly number and and save some money instead of the Bruins going out and inquiring a guy that's going to make three or four million dollars and kind of give you a little more flexibility and 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 trust than than an Anton Hudobin that might not be returned because of the fact is that the, like the market on goalies is going to dramatically drastically go up well, uh, I, over the I summer could... and he's going to want to get paid. Yeah, like I, I, it was funny when everybody was like, "Oh, Doby's playing great." Doby's playing great. I'm like, all it's doing is making so he's 100 percent not coming back next year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, and as and that's he, fine. He's not, he's not going to change change the world, and you're not, you don't want to be the Dallas Stars or anybody pay four million dollars for a backup goalie. Um, you know, a lot of teams do it, but let let McIntyre. Let's try and figure it out because we already, if the Bruins would have known that Subban could play decent. You know, he would have already been up. Exactly, and we wouldn't have had, and, and we wouldn't even have gone through uh, Doby Gate, as I call it, or <laughs> or Mini Thomas, or whatever they want to call him. But I just don't see the guy being back next year, considering that 
it was a lot of money just to bring him in as the backup. Now he's going to want to race. Yeah, yeah, and and that number that uh, McIntyre has right now, it, it will just work out, and because it's going to, it's going to free up a little bit of cap room for the stuff that they the Bruins actually need. Future um, cap. Yeah, and you know, as it, it's his team that is constantly building. Um, while while you're playing on near the uh, ceiling of the mandated uh, league cap, having a goaltender that's not making uh, over a million dollars is not a bad idea. But here again is is I don't consider McIntyre a prospect anymore. So I I I would like to see him as a backup next season, and to keep the better prospects down in the minors constantly playing and let, let let Vidar play in Providence. Yes. Constantly play, constantly play, you know, don't bring I, up, I, you know, we we're not, we're not the GMs, but I have a funny feeling that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Vladar can't play another season in Atlanta. That's just a little ridiculous. Well, as I'm, as I'm hearing right now is, um, that, that Bennington guy, the guy, the goaltender on loan from St. Louis, there's a rumor that was going around uh, the Dunkin' Donuts Center yesterday that he might be going back to St. Louis because of an injury. I want to say it was Carter Hutton, the backup to uh, Jake Allen. Yeah, no, they have, they had to they had to dress um, yeah the emergency backup the other day. So I'm not sure how the whole loan process works and if they have to take him back, but that might be a good opportunity for Vladar to come up. Uh, Vladar's been a little up and down, but he's playing in front of a a pretty unsettled uh, Atlanta Gladiators team in the East Coast Hockey League. So, I, I he does so much better when he's got better talent in front of him. And I know I'm probably repeating every, myself, every, but everybody does. Yeah. So, um, I think that's um that's my punch list is done. So. I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, we, I'm, I'm going to get my, um, my prospect weekly update uh, right at, shortly after this, and then we're going to have Drew on after. Um, Court, thank you so much for for coming on. I know you're on travel and business. I uh, really appreciate that. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Um, you can find us on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Play. SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean for the uh, Android users. Um, anywhere is a podcatcher. I'm sure we're on it. Um, oh, we did not have any um, any uh, mailbag questions. I did have one from Darren. I should really take care of this now. You got time? Yeah, go. All right. Do, do, do. Let me pull it up because... He sent me an email, and I, I just went on the uh, the Patreon, and there was nothing there. So let's see what Darren's got. By the way, it's good to see him back on social media mm-hmm. uh, after what he went through. That that was a uh, that was tough. But and I'm blind, so I have to like zoom in. Oh, he wished me a happy birthday. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Darren. Uh, his question is, given the expectations going into the season and considering their performance at this point, which first-year player has been the biggest surprise 
on the Bruins this year. Thanks, guys. For me, it's Heinen. Yeah, it's a, it's a toss up between DeBrusque and Heinen because I didn't I didn't really expect much, but yeah, Heinen is uh, is shown. Uh, he's like a mini Bacchus. Yeah, yeah, and 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 he's playing with him. Like, it's like the perfect. It's like the perfect thing that could happen. Mate, like they have this guy. They each have one. Each line, if you look at it, each line almost has a young kid on it, and each 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 person gets to uh, learn from somebody. Yeah, I mean, I, I just – I was one of those guys that said that Heinen, like, uh, I don't know why he was picked out of college, should have stayed, but I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with his effort this season and the way he's absorbing um, all the information from either the coaching staff or the veterans on the team. Um, it's just been a really positive thing to see, and and it really shows that how much uh, Cassidy, Dean, Pandolfo, and Sacco are really bought into – uh, the insertion of these young younger folks, younger players, and and uh, what the future could look like. So, but I also my one of my biggest surprises is, is it's not that he's played bad, but Bjork I thought would be the the better of the young forwards, and yeah. DeBrusque and Heinen have taken that role. Yeah, huge. I did too. I did too. Like DeBrusque's goal against the Islanders was awesome. Yeah, it was. <laughs> like the kids just played so well. He's. He, I, I'll say it. I said it before. I'll say it again. He'll be a future Bruin for a long time. Yeah, and and with the way he stepped up to uh, a teammate um, when somebody came in and, and hit McAvoy, mm-hmm. and uh, and him and Sizikas, Casey Sizikas went at it. That just shows uh, his value as as a as a teammate, and you know. So now he's got now you know he's got one fight under his belt. So uh, I'm sure his dad was happy about that. Um, yeah, considering type of player he was. Yeah, right. Uh, one more question uh, comes from um, Dan Brow, and he's uh, serving the United States in the military over in um, Japan. Uh, thank you, Dan, for your service. I truly appreciate it, and I truly appreciate your constant support. This this guy is always reaching out with thank you. You guys are awesome, and uh, you guys are the best Boston Bruins podcast, so we really appreciate him. So I wanted to give him the opportunity to ask a question. And it pertains to the youth. Um, he was, you know, saying that with all these these younger players coming in, and he's not agreeing with it. He's just more or less like kind of on the fringe of, do we need an enforcer? Is it? And and this actually came from another question from a, a Twitter a Twitter follow that a guy that I follow on Twitter, and he's mentioning that if these people are going out, then. Who's going to be there to step in? I, I'm still on the current core. If if I mean you got your Charas, McQuaid's coming back. I I'd say leave it to those guys. I mean you've already got them on the roster, and Chara could be signed for another year or two, and he could throw down. McQuaid could still throw down. Um, there's a couple of players on this team can throw down. I just don't want to see that that roster player. Eating up, uh, eating up minutes that could be used for somebody that deserves it in the in the um, AHL, but that's just my opinion. Um, I'm sure I've said it before. My opinion is the enforcer role in the NHL is dead, and it's not even needed. As long as you can have any guy like Kevin Miller or anybody who can throw it every now and then, 
because eventually fighting will no longer be the NHL people. Yeah, it's 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 a foregone conclusion that it eventually it will be gone. And uh, a guy that all he can do is throw punches is not on my hockey club if I'm the GM. It's right. a waste a waste of a roster space. I want skill and development. You can find enough two way forwards all over the place. Backus can toss them around. As long as they can toss, it doesn't matter if they win the fight or not. Just get into it. That's all you need to do. Absolutely. You're not getting pushed around by a fighter. Ah, I just I've, fighters and enforcers in the NHL to me are just absolutely useless. All right, I think that's it. Oh, I got one more plug I got to do. Um, if uh, and anybody is uh, interested in and in, in checking out the youth and the development down in the Providence Bruins, please. Go on the Providence Bruins website, ProvidenceBruins.com. Get some tickets. Uh, They're really cheap. It's such a cheap um, to bring your family. Uh, You can bring a family of five for under $100. It's uh, amazing. And, you know, they have a nice restaurant. They have great pro shop. The building's fantastic. Uh, The the arena is actually attached to the... Um, the mall in um, Providence and the mall is absolutely ridiculously huge. Um, so you can make a day of it. I also had a great meal and, and a brew. I went to the Trinity brew house. Uh, I had an awesome Reuben sandwich with some French fries. And uh, I had to try the Rhode Island IPA, which was fantastic. So definitely there's so much to do in this city. It's one of those cities that are growing up and really cleaning up and, 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 you know, top notch, but, um, yeah, I had to give them a plug for all the stuff that they've been doing for, uh, for me. So I really appreciate that and definitely check them out if you're interested. And I know, you know, a family of five going to a Bruins game is going to cost you well over a thousand dollars. So <laughs> it's well worth it. But with that, I'm going to call it a week cause I'm dead tired and, um, I'm sure court, you could use a break yourself, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right everybody thank you very much court thanks again i really appreciate that and uh we will uh talk next week take care everybody it's fired at the net just missed by jt comfort Here's Notre Dame back the other way. Bjork fires, scores. Notre Dame ties it up. Picked off there by Gilbert. Taken back by Greenway. To the middle. McAvoy scores! Unloads a one-timer. And it's a 3-1 lead for the Terriers. Hey guys, it's time for my Bruins prospect update for December 3rd to December 9th, 2017. In the American Hockey League, Providence Bruins, 
The BBBs played in three games last week, going 3-0, and and continued their unbeaten streak to five games. The week started in Bridgeport, Connecticut at the Webster Bank Arena on Sunday, December 3rd, with an afternoon game against the Sound Tigers and walked away with a 4-1 victory. Bruins got goals from Austin Zarnick with his sixth, assisted by Anton Bleed. Colton Hargrove with his seventh, assisted by Jordan Schwartz and Austin Zarnick. Senior Akalatze with his first goal was a Bruin from Anton Bleed and Tommy Cross. And seventh goal from Zarnick, which was an empty netter, assisted by Jakobs Borrell. Goaltender Zane McIntyre stopped 26 of 27 shots for his seventh win of the season. On Friday night, December 8th, the Baby Bees started game one of three at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island against the Hyper Wolfpack. The Bruins went back and forth with the Wolfpack team, but in the end, the better team got done in the shootout, winning 4-3. Bruins' goal scored by Colby Cave, his third of the season, assisted by Zach Chenishin and Kenny Agostino. Jakobs Forrest Baca Carlson with his seventh from Anton Bleed and Ben Marshall. And Jordan Swars with his eighth from Colby Cave and, and Forrest Baca Carlson. Austin Zarnick had the shootout winners to send the 7,802 fans home happy. Bruins goaltender Zane McIntyre got his eighth win of the season, stopping 33 shots, and continued his winning streak to three games. The final game of the week was Saturday, December 9th, once again at the Duncan Providence when the Utica Comets came to town for back-to-back home games. This was another tight back-and-forth night, but the Baby Bees came out with a 32-overtime victory. Bruins goal scored by Jakobs Forrest Baca Carlson, his eighth of the season, assisted by Rob O'Gara and Jakobs Borrell. Connor Clifton with his first goal of the year, shorthanded from Austin Darnick. Jordan Schwartz was the hero in the extra frame, scoring his ninth from Zarnick and Agostino. Bruins goaltender on loan, Jordan Bington, got the win in net, stopping 34-36 shots to increase his record to 6-1-1 in his fourth straight victory. Binghamton has a 1.84 goals against average and a 9.33 save percentage in eight games played this season since coming over from the St. Louis Blues organization at the beginning of the season. In the East Coast Hockey League with the Atlanta Gladiators, goaltender Dan Bladar appeared in three games last week and walked away with a 2-1 record. On Sunday, December 3rd, the 2015 third-round pick stopped 50 of 51 shots for his fifth win of the season against the Orlando Solar Bears. His next victory came on Wednesday night, December 6th, when he stopped 23 of 24 shots against the Jacksonville Icemen for his sixth win of the year. His two-game winning streak came to a crashing halt on Friday night, December 8th, when the Greenville Swamp Rabbits beat the Gladys by a score of 4-3, stopping 34-38 shots on goal. Fodar is now 6-6-1. He has a 6-6-1 record with a 2.85 goals against average and .911 save percentage in 14 games played so far this season. In the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the St. John Sea Dogs center Cedric Pare played in three games last week and snapped a four-game pointless streak with an assist on Saturday night, December 9th, and a 5-2 loss to Acadia Bathurst. The late-round pick of the Bruins has moved up from a bottom-six role to a top-six and should increase his offensive productivity with higher expectations as he gains more trust from some Sea Dogs head coach Josh Dixon. In the Western Hockey League, Brandon Wheatkings, Kings defenseman and 2017 7th round draft pick Daniel Bukak returned to his Brandon team playing in three games last week after a long recovery from offseason surgery. 
He had four shots on goal in those games, but went pointless as he adjusted the rigors of the blue line in the tough WHL. In the NCAA men's hockey ranks, Cameron Hughes, University of Wisconsin, the 2015 six-round pick of the Bees, played in two games last week, both against the University of Notre Dame. On Friday night, December 8th, he had a goal, his seventh of the year, but failed to get on the scoreboard the following night. In 21 games this season, the senior has seven goals, eight assists, 15 points as captain of the Badgers team. Another NCAA hockey mention will come up next when Drew Johnson of the Hockey Riders makes his first appearance on the show to talk about University of Maine's goaltender and Bruins' fourth-round draft pick, Jeremy Swayman. Stay tuned for that, folks. Hey, Bruins fans. Like I mentioned earlier, we I have a special guest today, um, and I'm really excited about it because it's a subject that I really wanted to talk about. But um, on the line with me right now is Drew Johnson. He's uh, You can find him at Twitter at Doob Schmoob, and that is a at D O O B S H M O O B. He's a uh, Bruins writer and an NCAA hockey writer for the uh, thehockeywriters.com, and he's also a writer at forwardmile.com covering the NHL, and also uh, a very good uh, journalist. Um, uh, covering hockey for the Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac University Bobcats, Drew. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's uh, we've been we've been talking on. I I want to say for the past maybe year now. Um, since <laughs> since you've been talking Bruins with me, so you've, yeah, you've just been, just about. Yep. Yeah, you've been a great contact and and a good person to 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 go back and forth on uh, some uh, some good topics. So I'm I'm really glad that you uh, that you you came aboard. Yeah, I'm happy uh, to be here. I've listened to quite a few episodes, so it's nice to finally be on this side of it. <laughs> nice. Uh, now, is this your is this your first appearance on a podcast? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> Badass. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, get your feet wet, because I'm pretty sure sooner or later that the guys at the uh, um, Trouble of Bruin pod will have you on sooner or oh, later. Oh, I'm sure. Yep. Those guys do a We've fantastic... I've already been talking with them a little bit. So. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Brandon Sherry Cohen and Joe Oaks, they do a great job. So definitely follow those guys and the uh, Trouble of Brewing podcast. But um, the reason why I had wanted to have you on today was I wanted to talk about Jeremy Swayman. And mm-hmm. I, I just from stats and so on, uh, when he was drafted, I didn't know much about him. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't, I did know that the Bruins did need to, uh, to add a little bit of de- developmental depth um, to the organization. So, um, his addition is good, but it's it's a long term process for him. Um, oh, de- definitely, definitely long term. But um, from what I understand is uh, after he played in the 2016-17 uh, season with the um, Sioux Falls Stampede of the yep. United States Hockey League, and his numbers weren't great. Uh, I'm assuming that the that his uh, his role was pretty much a backup, but. Um, I'm curious about what you saw uh, this weekend when uh, the University of Maine made the trip down to uh, Quinnipiac University. Um, well, I mean, I think I saw a lot of great stuff from him. Um, I mean, you know, coming in there, I was, I mean, I'm a Bruins fan first, a Quinnipiac fan second. But um, so, I mean, I was looking for a good f- performance from him, and uh, he did not disappoint. Uh, he made 95 saves over the weekend. The first game, 50 saves, 45 the next night. And, um, He's just been getting bombarded, it seems, all year, too. Um, 
on average, he's been facing 33 saves a game. Uh, so obviously those numbers were way above average over the weekend. And um, it was just impressive to see him battle back, too, because the first period of the uh, Friday night's game, the first game against Quinnipiac, uh, he let three goals in in the first period. Not I don't I wouldn't blame him for it. I mean, he faced 23 shots, uh, roughly. Um, so... Uh, his his teammates have kind of been leaving him hung out to dry the defense a little bit um and from what i've heard before they face quinnipiac he's kind of been keeping them in games jeremy swayman uh throughout um so i think he did very well again standing on his head for his team yeah and, and talking about the university of maine i've done a little research on them and i i believe that they're still in the in a huge recruiting phase right now and they're trying to get back into being one of the top teams in hockey east yeah um, and i've seen a couple of games just from streaming not many probably about three or four games that are available online and, and i've mm-hmm. seen some i've seen some good progress from him um he is only a first year freshman so yeah he's still got a lot of work to do in his development but what i did see that was positive was uh his reaction time the way he cuts down the angles and how aggress- mm-hmm. how aggressive he is um, on the puck during training camp. Now, I understand training camp is not, you know, it's not game action. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because you have seen these games uh, personally. So, yep. But in his development camp, I was kind of surprised. And also, I was really surprised by um, just by the way he composed himself against uh, players of uh, that they were older than him mm-hmm. so the, the p- playing against older uh playing against players older than him has actually been something he's gone through his whole career um i've written a couple articles about him i wrote one when he just uh was drafted by the bruins so it was kind of like the getting to know him um article and he uh there was a quote i used from ushl dot com and uh he said something along the lines of that he has been playing with, you know, bigger guys out there, but it's just something, you know, he's gotten used to. Um, and I think it's definitely, you know, kind of paid off for him, especially if he's jumping up into the NHL, they're going to be bigger and stronger players that he's surrounded by, um, especially if he's joining the team as a younger guy, if he makes it that far. Um, and I think it's what you touched upon, the fact that he's a very active goalie. He's very, you know, he's cutting off the angles. And uh, you know, for Bruins fans who have watched uh, other goalies out there, obviously, you know, Anton Kadoba and Tuka Rask are the goalies this year. And I would say his style is a little bit similar to Kadoba's. Um, you know, just like that active kind of style and not not always relying on the butterfly as heavily as Tuka Rask might. Um, and I think that allows him to kind of make those really big saves, some of the saves that you don't expect him to make. You know, he's there. He's very quick going from post to post. Um and definitely cutting off those angles. He'll come out and attack the shooter when uh, when there's a breakaway or a two-on-one. He's not afraid to do that. He's not going to sit back in his crease. And I think that's what's made him so so good recently, you know, for Maine. Yeah, and, and obviously, and anybody that uh, follows the hockey writers, please check out the latest article from Drew. Uh, he wrote about Jeremy Swayman's 95 save, um, save uh, weekend. Uh, it was a fantastic read, Drew. Nice job. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, with all that being said, uh, recently, I, I, I believe it was today that he uh, at Hockey East came out and named him Player of the Week. Yes, they did. Tell me about that. Um, well, I mean, I, he deserved it from, from this weekend, you know. Um, I mean, 
you know, Quinnipiac has been notorious for high shot totals this uh, this year, um, and they've been having a little bit of trouble executing. So I was expecting, you know, there to be a, a high shot total, a high save total for Swayman. But, you know, 95 saves in two games is incredible. That's something you might see in four games for an NHL goal, you know? Yep. Um, so I think that, I mean, it's very well-deserved. And I mean, he got two wins, too. A big thing, he was down in both games. He was losing in the first period, but he... It, it didn't, you know, dissuade him from keeping in the game and like keeping his team in the game. Um, and you know, his the offense for Maine finally got cooking, you know, later in the game. Uh, a little bit of a late start, which was unfortunate, but uh, they finally got into it and got him the win both times. I, I know earlier in the show, we, um, me and Court or Court and I uh, talked about uh, his addition to the United States team. Um, yep, and uh, and. It's it's hard for me to to judge on if he's gonna get any time at all because of the two goaltenders that are in front of him uh, with right. Jay, Jay Gottinger and uh, I'm not sure about I, I didn't write this guy's name first name down the Joseph Wool yep from BC yeah uh, um the little I've covered I've actually covered Wool more than I have Ottinger to be honest because uh, of the uh, little bit of NCAA writing I've been doing for the hockey writers and uh, I mean Wool's been solid I don't have his stats in front of me but I know he's been very good. Um, but it's good news for Boston fans. I mean, there's a BU, uh, BC, and then you have a Bruins prospect, all as the USA goalies. So, Yeah, uh, definitely exciting. But th- th- his addition to the team, and, and, and from be- a Quinnipiac um, journalist um, and, and a, a kid that grew up in Wilbraham, Massachusetts, I was actually surprised that Keith Petticelli was overlooked. And, and th- one of the reasons why is because he's a big goaltender, I am right that Petrozelli plays for Quinnipiac, right? Uh, yes, he does. He does. Okay, yep. thank you. I, I, I just wanted to make sure I had that right because I was going on. I'm like, oh, boy. I hope yeah, he's, this is yeah, right. he's the D- Detroit Red Wings prospect. Yes, yeah. But um, just pure draft status, um, where he was picked. And I know you can't always base anything on draft status, but mm-hmm. uh, Petrozelli went a, way earlier than, than Swayman. Um, mm-hmm. So... I'm kind of getting the feeling, and, and by listening to a, a podcast today uh, with Guy Flaming, uh, um, he mentioned something. He had somebody on saying that Swayman's addition to the team is because he's been playing so much and and seeing so much rubber. And, um, and because of that, a junior goaltender, um, Robert McGovern, has been kind of pushed aside. So Swayman's yeah. been getting a lot, a lot more work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Swayman basically took over the starting role, um, is what I've heard anyway. I mean, looking back at like his game logs, you can see he's started, you know, most of Maine's games. Uh, I mean, he, I think he's started all of them since the start of December. Um, and I mean, in his past seven games, his his overall record is seven three and one, but his past seven games, he's five one and one. And like that the, that record, those wins anyway, came against QU Vermont. RPI, BU, and UMass Lowell, none of which are, you know, easy customers <laughs> to right. deal with. So that uh, just amazing. He's actually on a three-game winning streak now with Vermont and those two wins over QU. Yeah, that's huge in a, in a kid's development, and especially as a freshman. But even though as a, as, as a freshman, um, I, I want to get your feeling on projections, and I'm not sure if you're a fan of projections at all, but um, do you see him... And, and also looking ahead, looking ahead at the 
at the the whole scheme of things from a Bruins, like an armchair GM kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Where do you see him fitting in? Do you see him, do you see Swayman finishing school, leaving school early because of a need at the AHL level? Um, I could see it. It really depends on what happens with McIntyre and uh, Daniel Vladar. Um, because, I mean, Tuka Rask is the starter going forward and, until he's not on a contract and even then you could see him being signed again so he i would just call tukaras the starter going forward obviously then in the next couple years you see what happens with kudobin if he sticks around or if you wind up letting him go to free agency um and that's where i think mcintyre hops up i think i see mcintyre as like you know more of the backup kind of goalie maybe like a fringe starter eventually so then that makes room for swayman in providence if mcintyre jumps up and i'm not saying this season or anything but you know next season or the season after i think that's when things open up for swayman yeah and and with um uh kyle keezer who which who was uh signed uh i believe this summer as a free agent um and he's playing in uh the ohl with the oshawa generals mm-hmm. um he's also going to be in that mix too um right. whether he stays uh the full the full ride uh with in the o or or he makes the jump to the to the uh ahl uh is definitely going to be determined on how they play but uh mm-hmm. i mean vladar's got the, the got the ride right now i, I think vladar should have been in the goal, uh, way over the uh, goaltender on loan, Jordan Bington, but uh, that's not here, nor there. But I'd like, <laughs> I'd like to see Vladar. We mentioned all this earlier, but um, I'd like to see Vladar up at the A because he plays so much better. But mm-hmm. um, a, a kid like Swayman uh, being uh, his uh, understudy, if you if you would, um, would also be a great thing for a leadership role in, in mm-hmm. uh, Vladar's future and. And and Swayman just seems like he's the type of person that is that just get takes everything in and wants to learn as much as possible, and and from a um, a management at, um, point when they hired Mike Dunham to be there, it, he's not a, a full time coach, but he's more of a rover. Uh, he's been down in the East Coast Hockey League, and he's also been up in in Maine working with uh, Swayman. And also a um, former NHL player himself and a University of Maine alum uh, is also good uh, to fall back on for that professional kind of um, uh, tutelage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think as far as projections go for Swayman, I mean, it, it really depends on if he keeps excelling. But if he it keeps excelling at the rate he's going, like as in saying, you know, he's took the starting role as a freshman this year. If he keeps excelling at that rate, we see him in the NHL soon. Um, but obviously, you know, goaltenders, it takes a while for them to really flesh out um, and really become the player they're going to be. Um, but I mean, I still I still say we see Swayman in the NHL in some capacity someday. Um, a matter of how soon depends on the openings in uh, the AHL, obviously, in Providence uh, with some of the other goalies you've been talking about. And then uh, also, you know, how much he's being challenged, you know, at the NCAA level. Obviously, right now, the challenge level is high. He's, you know, he's getting, he's the starter, so he's getting most of the starts, and he's being peppered with shots. So, I mean, he's definitely, you know, getting his licks in. And um, 
so in, if that eventually kind of, you know, the challenge isn't really there, you know, in his later years, then that's kind of where you want to bring him up because you don't want him just sitting in a league that he's just going to dominate. And, you know, he's not just he's not getting anything out of it. Yeah. And it, and it, great segue into getting things, getting something out of it. Um, I believe even though he might not get an opportunity to start or play in any of these games, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, if they get blown out, then he might be able to come in and. Mm-hmm. And you know, be that uh, that crutch that uh, Team USA needs, but this is also a very good thing on his development to have him on this team and work with um, certain players. I know Tony Granado is going to be the uh, the head coach of the team um, when they uh, the 2018. No, he's not. I'm sorry, this is totally different. The old <laughs> coach is coming back. I don't remember his name. Do you happen to remember his name? Uh, I do not. Okay, no problem. But um. To have him involved in something like this with the uh, the 2018 World Juniors that uh, happening in Buffalo uh, is just it's just more that he can learn from and and, and bring on to his, towards his professional career in the later years. No, definitely, and I I think you know we'll get a chance to see him play in some of the uh, preliminary games. I believe they play Belarus and uh, Sweden. I believe I have that right. Um, and so hopefully, you know, in those uh, pre-tournament games, he might get some action because I'm assuming they're going to be trying to test all their goalies and all their players. Yep. So I think that's about it, Drew. Um, I want to thank you very much for your insight. I really appreciate this. Uh, you can follow Drew's uh, writing at the Hockey Writers, uh, forwardmile.com. He covers the NHL. Um, if you happen to go to school in Quinnipiac, definitely look him up. But also, um, a lot of his majority of work goes to the uh, the hockey writers as the NHL Bruins contributor and NCAA hockey. Drew, thank you so much again. I appreciate it. And I actually really look forward to talking to you again on maybe some other subjects besides goaltending. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. It was a blast. No problem. Anytime. And you're a great guest. So you're definitely going to be on the uh, chart for um, a return. So good to hear <laughs> we'll talk soon um and maybe maybe even uh because since you're in the uh the ncaa hockey um maybe we might even be able to do a couple um players in the future to uh, oh, yeah, break definitely. down because i i don't get to see a ton of um of ncaa hockey i watch a lot of chl because it's mm-hmm. more readily available on the stream so, right yeah. Um, I mean, just through Quinnipiac, you know, this year I saw Ryan Donato come through. Um, there were a few Bruins, actually, that had come through. But I saw the game against Harvard with Ryan Donato. So there's, there's a lot of Bruins prospects and a d- bunch of Division One teams out there that come through. So it's, it's great to see them in person when I get the chance. When you saw Ryan Donato, was that his hat trick game? Uh, yes, it was. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. so good. I'm good. Yeah, I know. It's so hard in the student section for Quinnipiac trying not to cheer. I'm like, come on, he's a brew, and it's okay, right? Like, <laughs> it was like a clap, and then I look around me. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. All right, Drew, I'll let you go, and uh, thanks again for the time. All right, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at Black and Gold two seven seven at Court Lalonde and at Rob Forty Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.